Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. My name is George Weedman and I'm with our beloved Jimmy Belikoff here as always. And we are masters of the noble and classy profession of talking about video games on the internet. Um, this week we have Randy Yazinchak in here with us as our guest. He is the man behind a website you all may have heard of called Elder Geek. Uh, Randy, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. No No problem. It's going to be fun. And can you quickly tell us, for those of us who may not know, for those of us who may not know, um, (laughs) who or what is an Elder Geek? (laughs) Um, you know, it's kind of funny, Elder Geek, we... Uh, originally it wow it's kind of a long story uh i kicked off the site a long time ago probably like 2010 it's funny that i say or maybe even 2009 mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. an elder geek is basically uh at the when we started it it was basically started off as a group of people who were all adult gamers and we all mm-hmm. kind of came together and we were like all right well let's make this this adult you know gamer thing but Adult, Ooh, you know, sounds adult sexy. gamer sounds kind of racy. Yeah. So we went with mm-hmm. Elder Geek. And, you know, there's <laughs> some people that geek. assume that that means like you have to be over 18 to enjoy our content. And then there's other people that are often confused that Elder Geek means that we're just necessarily Elder Scrolls fan. Not understanding the word Elder has belonged in the vernacular before, you know, video games were made out of it. Before Bethesda copyrighted it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so Elder Geek gives, that's what it is. I mean, everybody who works on the site, we're all older guys. We all have jobs. We all have families and we worry about bills. And we yeah. also happen to, you know, play and review video games too. Yeah. We, I, <laughs> Great. I think uh, we know the struggle <laughs> yeah. as, as, as fellow old people in here. And <laughs> gosh, like one thing that's driving me crazy, I swear we did something together back when I was writing for TOVG in like 2011. Cause, cause I have your email from an email in 2012 from an account that I no longer use. That is like, crazy. I know it's been around forever. Like both of us cannot remember it, but it happened. I'm telling it, you. <laughs> it was awesome, but neither of us, it was so awesome that we both, it was wiped out of our memories. I, I, I think they were just like affiliate links with one another, maybe. And, and that meant that we got some of the same memos, maybe. I don't know. But for some reason, That's I've funny. had your email address since 2012. Yeah. Dang. And what's weird is like, it could have been anything. It could have been like, it could have been like an affiliate thing that we did like on a charity marathon because they used to do a lot of charity marathons back then. And it also could have been like, there was even a point where when I signed up for LinkedIn, I was I was talking with a friend of mine. He was like, dude, you got to sign up for LinkedIn. And I was like, all right, I will. And I was like, should I push this button that says like <laughs> to invite people that, that I know? And he was like, yeah, I did. And so like <laughs> a year afterwards, it just kept spamming everybody that was that I ever possibly emailed once to like join me on LinkedIn. <laughs> so yeah i was one of those guys because that's where i got it which means that for some reason i was an email contact on your on your linkedin spam button i i i think we need to do a little more further <laughs> my linkedin spam button i gotta do a little more investigation on this it is gonna break my brain until we figure it out <laughs> that's okay though that just means it has a long and storied history a mysterious history <clears throat> Anyway. Anyway. Um, so what have you been up to this week, Jimmy? I have been playing uh Okay, well, first of all, um 
it was my birthday on Sunday. Whoa. So, hooray. Uh, Alex got me Binding of Isaac Rebirth, which I was like, I'm not going to get Rebirth. That's going to steal all my time. And so Alex just bought it for me anyway. That'll, that'll so, uh, teach you. Yeah. So I, I played a few runs of Rebirth since it came out, really enjoying it. It's really like far more polished and just better. It's just better than the, than the original Binding of Isaac. Is, uh, is this the 16-bit one? Yeah, it's it has the uh, retro stylized graphics, but they are very much so modern stylized graphics. Like they're this is stuff that you like would not be able to do on a 16-bit console. It's very very like super polished. It's like kind of the way uh, you know how when Minecraft upgraded their lighting system, yeah, mm-hmm. to yeah. the smooth light, and how it like made it much <laughs> less like pixely and made it a lot more like. I don't know, smooth, I guess. Yeah. That's kind of how the game works. It has a lot of this like really dynamic and interesting lighting that just can't be achieved on a 16-bit thing, but it's like with beautiful 16-bit graphics that it goes over. It's really cool. Um, so is it like a, a legit sequel or, or like a super it's, remake? It's, it's like a super expanded version of the game. It's really hard to, to make a sequel to that kind of game because it is a roguelike game. Um, and, and so it's like, it's essentially the same game, but like, I would say multiply the amount of things in the game by four, maybe even more than that. I think there's like six to eight hundred items in the game. There's like twelve characters you can play as or something, and there's a whole bunch of stuff to do. Um, I have not even scratched the surface. Uh, I know some of the big Binding of Isaac streamers have been going hard at it since it came out pretty much eight to twelve hours a day every single day wow. just trying to get platinum god on it and still haven't gotten there I, so I, I have kind of a weird question okay does the pixel art like somehow make it a bit uh a bit less horrifyingly depressing no <laughs> okay okay it's still like once you get to the type of humor, if you can get past that type of humor, it's a really funny game. It's a really interesting game, and it's, like, really fun to play. But it, there definitely is a lot of, like, dark, you know, humor and stuff that goes on. Like I, uh, I think we all remember the first time we played Binding of Isaac, because yeah. it's hard to forget the, uh, the sheer overwhelming, like, negativity of, of the first hour with the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of symbolism and stuff and uh i don't know i mean like the new game has a lot of interesting non like less religious elements in it i guess huh. there's a lot of like like because there's, there's that, like that was, items that was a that big are... theme too was was his well, mom yeah, being different. like this crazy christian evangelist not right well that's like still the main part of the game but i mean like a lot of the items and stuff there's a lot of items that are just like this is like a cool ass item like there's just one that gives you like tears that are on fire and it's not like uh it's not like named after something like biblical or satanic it's just like i forgot what what it's even called but it's just like cool because you get like fireball tears and it kind of feels like you're a magician suddenly and then like i don't know there's a lot of cool stuff i'm still figuring out a lot of it but it's been a good time so far definitely can see myself sinking hundreds of hours into it if i give myself the amount of time to do that uh also been playing Surprise, surprise, Five Nights at Freddy's 2. I'm so surprised. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the sequel was supposed to come out December 25th. supposed to come out on Christmas. And uh, Markiplier, famed uh, YouTuber and Let's Player, got the demo early. And then everybody was like, 
that's not fair. I want the demo. And so Scott Cawthon, the guy who made the game, was just like, all right, well, I guess, yeah, the game's out. And he just, like, released it on a whim. That's and so weird. Okay, like, the first one was out, though, like, a month ago. Three. Three months ago? Uh, Three months ago. I thought well, I was I exaggerating, it, but... Th- closer, wow. closer to four now. Closer to four now. I don't know. It's... Yeah, it launched on Desera, and then people liked it, so it got greenlit on Steam, and then launched on Steam officially, and then this one just launched straight to Steam. And that's that's so weird. It, it's, it also, like, this is a big misconception I had. For some reason, for the longest time, I thought the first game was freeware. Um... And and, and no, then I found no, out it's, it's not. not it's just, I mean it's five dollars, which is still like yeah, nothing. Yeah. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it just uh, amazes me to see a sequel come out so fast. I mean, is is I, it okay? Like like does it great. seem I, significantly I like different than the first? Uh, it's it's definitely it's like the gameplay is still the same gameplay. Like you're still essentially doing the same things, but they changed it up because in the original game. If you you know get to the later nights, people had strategies because there was only so many things you could do. Um, they had strategies that would essentially boil the game down to like you know rep- repetitive actions. You just like check check camera check check camera light light camera, and you just do that over and over again. And that would like if like one thing changed, all you'd have to do would be hit a different button. But this new one, it has like ten animatronics going after you at once. There's no doors. So you have to like use this like Freddy helmet to disguise yourself if the animatronics like get too close and like there's ones that it doesn't work on and you have to do different tactics and there's this music box you have to keep wound up and it's really really crazy. The the inter- most interesting thing I found so far is that it really expands upon the story because it's maybe possibly very likely a prequel to the first game. Huh. And so yeah, it's So there's a canon, a Freddy canon. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's like a lot of hinting in the first one and it made people come up with a lot of fan theories, but like this one has like stuff hidden all over it and there's a lot of very interesting things that they're hiding in it and I've been pouring over the wiki trying to like piece it together and build a, uh, I don't know, a, a canon timeline with uh, <laughs> me and Alex have been doing that for a while. Nice. But yeah, dude, two fun. games within three months. I'm so tired of these faceless yeah. corporations releasing their quadrannual video games. Give us a break already. <laughs> but, but okay, like in all seriousness, like what other game has a three month dev cycle? I mean, when you look at the game, it's like easy to see why there's a three month dev cycle. I, I, I it's, guess. it's it's pre rendered backgrounds and still gifs. Like this, you gotta render that shit. You gotta you gotta sit there and wait for your render farm to to <laughs> take precious time. And I don't know. Like we've all read those stories about how long it takes, how it took like the render farms a month to to put together the the Final Fantasy movie way back in the day. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. I'm just surprised that a game was made in three months that uh, looks like. Five Nights at Freddy's, even if it's pre-rendered. Yeah, I don't know. The the guy, the dev, Scott Cawthon, he's kind of an interesting guy. It's hard to find any concrete evidence on, like, or a concrete, like, details on him. He's very elusive, and he his interviews are very weird and interesting. That so. fits the theme. Yeah. You know, Suda51 it, wore a wrestling mask during interviews for the longest time. <laughs> You know what the funny thing is, is I guess Scott Cawthon used to make like almost exclusively like Christian games. Really? 
Yeah, wow. he made like he made like just like Bible games, and there was one like uh, for like Pilgrim's Progress. He made like a game, and I guess his games were often criticized for his art style and his animation looking blocky and animatronic. And so he used that and played to his strengths and made a game about blocky animatronics. You know, it's kind of weird that the very first thing that cropped in my mind when you said Pilgrim's Progress is is the book in Morrowind. <laughs> about the 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 seven sacred sites on Vardenfall that you have to visit as a temple initiate. Anyways, um, not, and not the book Pilgrim's Progress. I, I, I know, I know. I'm I'm a huge dork, I guess, because because I don't know literature. But um, <laughs> let's see. You don't know physical literature. You only know literature. Yeah, I, I don't know literature what that within is. video games. It's that's okay. Like, that's like proto meta literature. It's, it's literature <laughs> within literary works i guess anyways um <laughs> speaking of things that that have a surprising amount of canon to them i've been spending okay. this whole week playing civ beyond earth ah. which um is I, I guess the idea you know is that it's a sequel to the civ game they've patched up civ 5 now so that if you win with the science victory you get a link to uh buy beyond earth <laughs> Um, if you if you get a science victory in Civ Five nowadays, so the idea is that it's a sequel to to Civ Five, and that it is exploring what happens after science victory, which is basically that the planet's fucked anyway, so you got to go uh, colonize a new planet. But mm-hmm. I was uh, <clears throat> scrolling through the Wikipedia article, reading up on on it and some details I might want to know about it going into it, and Wikipedia swears up and down that Alpha Centauri is is also an official sequel to the Civ series, which I don't know if if you guys remember, it's kind of going back, but back in 1999 it was released on the Civ 2 engine. It was a turn-based 4x strategy game where you colonized a planet i mean beyond earth is very much a spiritual follow-up to it but mm-hmm. it just kind of blows my mind that that's something as open-ended and like completely storyless as civ has always had a canon this whole time like i remember i i first started out in the series for in civ 4 so i missed out on um a lot of the alpha centauri but i knew of it and i kind of giggled when uh you're giving your victory conditions in civ 4 and one of them is to build a ship that can go to alpha centauri and i was like that's funny because the same team made a game about colonizing a planet on alpha centauri that's <laughs> that's a cute little joke i didn't know it was actually legit yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i I've never really gotten into Civ Five. I I bought the mm. uh, Civ, just like Civ Five, regular Civ Five, no. and I played the tutorial, oh and I was like, "This is going to kill me." I'm yeah, not no, you're right. It, it is. It is. But it's like magical, like like it, the fully expanded Civ Five, at least. Hell, even like the the half expanded one. If you just get um Gods and Kings, mm. but oh, it's it's such a wonderful wonderful game um especially and and this probably surprises a hell of a lot of people but playing it as a party game in hot seat mode where you pass a mouse around or plug in multiple mice to the pc is surprisingly a lot of fun oh really never heard of that actually um, oh it's it's so great like if you set the map small enough and um make it busy enough to keep everyone's turn nice and interesting there's like a lot of really interesting conspiracies that go on within the room where everyone is is either planning to like backstab or or like compete against economically against all the other like i've done it once with three people in the same room before and it was a lot of fun 
That's we awesome. Just, we just ate pizza all night and played a game of Civ for like six hours straight. And um, it it works like a supercharged board game. Like like having a room full of conniving, scheming bastards, but um, mm-hmm. the stuff that they're conniving and scheming around is like incredibly more complicated than a board game will ever get. Right. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Great. And Beyond is one Earth of those has... games where I know I would never pick up because I know I would be immediately oh, addicted to it and never get anything done. That's the yep. that's the point. It's it's the fun of it. It uh. It feels like like you've gone through a lot when you go through a Civ match, and and you're correct because it's like a 15 hour match. But um, uh, <laughs> it's it's um, uh, it's it's such a such a great game. I have like super fond memories for for Civ Five. Anyways, uh, what have you been up to this week, Randy? It's been a while, but we're finally <laughs> we're finally there. We're finally recatching up again. Um, yes, I, yes. This week. I was playing, you might be hearing my my wife and son hooting downstairs, it's getting close to bedtime, but uh, this week I've been playing, um, I'm about to kick off, oh, what is the game? I'm actually going to be starting it tonight. The Long Dark, which the is- The Long uh, Dark? What is yeah, that? It's an, indie, uh, it's an indie survival horror game where you, it, the focus is actually survival in the wilderness, um, <laughs> oh, and I believe yeah, it's in- I've seen a trailer for this, I think- yeah, it's like in the in the cold wilderness kind of thing, and I, I generally have a rule. It, it for looks my... like Firewatch. I don't know Firewatch, but it's not Firewatch. Oh, Firewatch looks good. Yeah, yeah? I, I I looked at the Steam page just now, and um, the art style seems very reminiscent. Yeah, I guess it's hard to tell which which came first now, since this is just now coming out. Yeah. Firewatch is still about a year away. I normally don't like to do early access games, but for this one, I'm kind of. It's interested me enough that I want to give it a shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. And then also this week, um, I did my review for Assassin's Creed Unity, which mm, I actually there gave it my recommendation. Um, that's, really? that's a big mm-hmm. topic this week, though. Um, yeah. How how was it technically? How was, how was the tech? <laughs> um, I, I played the PlayStation 4 version. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of my fans were actually mad that I didn't play the PC version, but I my PC does not meet the the ridiculous uh, recommended specs that Ubisoft this, put out for that. This game. is happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there were yeah. um, there there are people who should not be able to have frame rate problems with this game who are having frame rate problems, and I've heard that even the console versions are, are like regularly dropping below thirty, the thirty mm-hmm. cinematic standard FPS. Oh yeah, it's so cinematic. No, um I you know, <laughs> technically I would say that for a game of its size, for a massive open world, when I played mm-hmm. it it was it was actually okay. <clears throat> you know, I did see some dips in frame rate from time to time, and I noted it in my review. And um I did see, you know, a couple of, you know, clipping glitches you know, slash odd behaviors, you know, slightly odd behaviors of NPCs. But that's the kind of thing that happens with big open world games. It happens in GTA and stuff all the time. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sad that I didn't get some of these really awesome, you know, comically awesome uh, errors that people are, are posting <laughs> online, like the people without faces and the NPCs that look like they're driving cars, invisible cars down the street. I didn't get yeah. any of that awesomeness. 
I, I was retweeting a screenshot earlier where like a woman, like all of the strands of her hair were just like clipping into a guy's face she was talking to during cutscenes and and it added like such such a layer of, of hilarious body comedy to uh what would otherwise be a fairly austere conversation. <laughs> But, but it okay, really everyone... is a shame that I didn't get any of that kind of stuff because that's like that is like viewer gold right there. People could just like you know link your video yeah. somewhere just for that. You, you, know? you know, like title it in all capitalizations. <laughs> funny exclamation point. AC Unity glitches explanation point. Must see. Yeah. That's yeah. that's all you got to do. P- put 2014 on the end of it for some reason too, just for good measure, <laughs> and and people I'm... will like come in droves. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm looking at the pictures right now, and it's really pretty hilarious, uh, the ones you talk about, that, about that girl's hair, because <laughs> the rest of the graphics in the picture look fantastic. Yeah, and, and, like, and that's really funny. Like, it's actually a good-looking game in screenshots, at least. Yeah. But um, I guess with with uh, all, all that tech comes a whole lot of opportunities for, for bugs to happen, which I mm-hmm. guess they didn't really fully iron out before launch. Mm-mm. Um, oh man, it's it's so weird. It's also that the the guy she's talking to has like long hair, but it's like floating away. <laughs> this is great. This is wonderful. It's just yeah, like it looks like he has a, a ponytail that's in the middle of him, like flying through the air. Except he's just yeah. kind of standing there. Yeah, action pose ponytail. Um, I just love that the like the lighting is really nice and the textures are really good. And then oh my god, what is that? Like it just so juxtaposed. Yeah. It's great. Well, okay, this is really kind great. Of, oh, I'm sorry. And I, I was I was just going to say this kind of segues into the first big news topic for this week, mm. because the uh, the the Assassin's Creed hate train is is rolling pretty hard right now. Ubisoft <laughs> actually had their had their stock price take a hit because of um, people sharing so many hilarious images of, of Assassin's Creed glitches. 1080p, guess, 60 FPS. But you said you got a <laughs> review out for it, which I guess mm-hmm. uh, and the game came out. It was either yesterday or the day before. Mm. So, did you get a, a pre-release like presser copy of it? I did. For yeah. PS4. Okay. Yep. yep and, I did. And there was also a big controversy regarding one their embargo date, which I think is kind of overplayed because I mean it's just like a twelve-hour delay. It seems kind of kind of splitting hairs when um. <laughs> anyways, let me explain <clears throat> for those viewers who don't know or listeners mm. rather. Um, there was a couple of controversies surrounding this AC release, and one of them is uh. The embargo that Ubisoft wanted to enforce, which would have uh, websites release their reviews for the game um, noon on launch day rather than midnight on launch morning like usual. And like this does happen so incredibly rarely, though, um, that I don't exactly know if it's as big of a problem as uh, websites are making it sound. Because then, because the game actually turned out to perform below a lot of people's expectations, uh... Polygon and Kotaku and Total Biscuit all released statements saying they weren't going to follow post-release embargoes from now on. Um, hmm. That's just controversy number one. <laughs> there, mm-hmm. are, there are a couple more to go down, but um, besides that, there was also an issue about uh, reviews, um, reviewers not being able to see a uh, currency conversion rate in the game for... Um, a currency conversion scheme that the game uses. Apparently there are Assassin's Creed fun bucks now you can buy in the pause menu. Mm. And and w- when you were playing it before launch, did it have any of the information on on these menus about how much the Assassin's Creed fun bucks would cost? No, and and what it did was it would have like 
Um, it would have like the amount of in-game bucks that it would take to spend to buy like that particular item. And then mm-hmm. there was um, the amount of like how much it would cost in hack dollars and you know, fun to, bucks. to hack and yeah, uh, yeah the, the assassin's creed fun bucks so it take, Wait, that's what they're called hack dollars i think i don't know if they're called hack dollars but it, oh it says God. how much it costs to hack it which is <laughs> kind of you know a play on the whole animus thing and yeah if I, I, remember, I guess or you could say like that that buying this currency is like a horrible hack of a of a job <laughs> Wow, I thought that was like a derogatory term people were using to make fun of it. I didn't know that was no. the actual <laughs> the, no, the game. Is, the game is they're actually the, called the whole... hacked. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! Okay. Yeah, you you are hacking it. You are hacking it and unlocking it. Which I think they had the exact same system in the past games in AC three Brotherhood and four. But the the unlocking and hacking system, I think it only worked in their multiplayer segment of the game. So I think that mm. I believe that segment, that system was still in place. So you, you had could to, still buy fun bucks in the old game to unlock multiplayer things. Yeah, just like you okay. would in, say, Call of Duty or Battlefield. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So pretty much the same thing. They were they were all I think they were all materials that you could get in the game by playing it normally. And, and it's the same thing with this one. All the stuff that you can hack and unlock in this game using their their fun buck system is all stuff that you can unlock just by playing the game like normal in a normal. Well, playthrough. I mean, you can say that, but I, I, what what you often see in a whole lot of cases is that playing the game normally and unlocking things without buying things will take you like a god awful amount of time. True. The, the developers deliberately intend to frustrate players into spending money to um, mitigate how much time it would take them to unlock things legitimately. I believe right. that's what GTA was being accused of doing with their GTA Online. Well, I was yeah, I was a yeah. Big people were complaining GTA about Online that being that a launched. huge endless grind as well. South Park actually did a bit about this last really? week. Yeah, the uh, the they lampooned freemium games where they said the emium is for not really. Uh. <laughs> The but, um, is Latin for not. In anyways, but yeah, in my in my playthrough, I didn't feel like anything was. In terms of like hacking stuff, I didn't feel like I needed to hack anything. I didn't feel like I needed to spend money to get anything in the game. So, so let's say by hacking, you are illegitimately gaining access to a system that that you are not authorized to enter. I can't believe they actually call them hack dollars. Yeah, yeah, hacks. <laughs> yeah, and this thing like leaves such a bad taste in my mouth. Like Dead Space Three started it off in 2011, mm-hmm. and and I mean it seemed like an experiment at the time. I didn't know that we'd be seeing it in AC and releasing with like fairly little controversy compared to the embargo date. <laughs> like people yeah. are caring way more about the embargo date, like a 12 hour delay for reviews on the same day, than than they are about like actual currency conversion ac fun buck schemes to mm-hmm. to unlock and progress your character in a single player game uh, but but i mean okay besides that um besides any any technical issues and and this thing with the currency conversion and this thing about how you need to sign up for a mobile app to oh pick a chest that um, crap is wait, was that in the review version oh yeah it was and i put that and, in my and, review okay. too and it wasn't just like signing up for the mobile version it was like signing up for the mobile app and then there was you had to sign up for assassin's creed unity or not unity um you had to sign into to like you had to link your uplay account and there was something else too there was initiates unity or uplay and then god what was the third one 
You can't even the, keep track of this stuff. There's there, too there much of so it. There were so many things that you, you had to like sink into it. And, and I said it in the review. It's like, yeah, you can play through the game and yeah, you'll probably still enjoy it. But like you keep having these these marks on the map just pocked across the map that constantly remind you that that ubisoft wants you to be more connected to them in more ways and it's like yeah they want you to uh be a model consumer Mm -hmm. a a ubisoft branded individual Mm -hmm. who uh has has multiple ubisoft branded accounts for ubisoft products yeah you know i I, I, oh sorry no i'm just gonna agree that that was that's just a ridiculous amount I, I wonder if any of this is going to bleed over into Far Cry 4, because Far Cry 4 is a game I'm actually interested in. Like, I, I don't typically like Assassin's Creed games, which is why I didn't um want to want to play AC Unity on launch at all. But I mean, uh, I mean, I'd get really depressed if this happened to Far Cry. Dude, but people are refusing to admit it that Far Cry is just Assassin's Creed with guns. I know, man. I know. You, you climb a tower, That's you unlock true. a chunk it's of maps. That's not true. It's Skyrim of guns. It's no, Skyrim, Skyrim of guns, guns is Fallout. No, that was Far Cry. Not according 3. to the the press. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> okay, Randy, oh God, you've seen right. you've seen this this box quote on Far Cry 3 from from an editor from Game Trailers. It just said on the cover of the game. It's like Skyrim with guns. I remember that now. Yeah. yeah thank yeah, you. We're taking it back here, but That's that, a gem. That, yeah, yeah. And, and I think they knew. Like like Far Cry 3 had a little bit of a subversive undercurrent for like the first half at least. And uh and and it seemed like they were aware how dumb that quote was and they were like, "Let's roll with it." <laughs> Let's just do it anyway. Yeah. And, and then the guy who said it made a video actually explaining it fairly well. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, so, but, but what about the game? Like underneath all of these, these things that have nothing to do with the actual game and the story it's telling, mm-hmm. is it okay? Yeah. I thought the game was good. I really did. Like a lot of people disliked some of the older Assassin's Creed games because for a guy who's running around supposed to be an assassin, he's like murdering thousands of people in the streets in broad daylight. Nobody cares. And he's basically this invincible tank. But they changed a lot of the gameplay around so that it's primarily a stealth game now. Not mm-hmm. not solely a stealth game, but you could probably take on one or two people, maybe three people if you're lucky. But, you know, when you start to see like hordes of soldiers coming your way, you finally kind of have to run to live, which is which is great. I think that's right. I think that's the kind of gameplay they should have and been have been trying to get right since like Assassin's Creed one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I mean, you're running around as an assassin in in the French Revolution in Paris. You know, I mean, I know yeah. I know. And I'm not trying to defend the game here or anything like that. And I'm definitely not trying to defend Ubisoft. But, like, I can't think of any other game out there that has that kind of premise, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 And that's, like, the one thing that I do really like about the series is is them uh, making use of settings that you very, very rarely see in, in most video games. But, like you said earlier, in, in the earlier games, you could just kind of invincibly run through the city and... and you know do whatever be an invincible tank assassin and that's because i i assassin's creed is something that i can't like stand personally it it, like (laughs) that and borderlands are like the two biggest franchises out right now that i just do not see the appeal of at all and and part of it is the combat like like Mm -hmm. and in games that are assassin's creed and are like assassin's creed i literally like 
go get into this mental loop where all I want to do is press the counter button <laughs> and and it works every time. Like like this oh, is yeah. what killed my enjoyment of sleeping dogs was it had a counter button mm-hmm. and and a big obvious window where the enemies glue red and they glowed red, not glued yeah. red. And <laughs> the, the game went in slow motion for a second, giving you plenty of time to press the counter button and no one else would attack you while they were attacking you and giving you a big opportunity to counter. I could just spam counter the whole game yeah that's not the case with this one like you can still uh, counter but probably but, but only the, one the, the third problem of the is ac- that the counter is really overpowered not overpowered in this one and and the okay. enemies all do attack you at the same time now and it's also like now you get hit two maybe About three time. times and you're dead and that happens fast huh. okay so Gameplay wise, I I think it's probably one of the strongest Assassin's Creed games yet. And then not only that, but like the actual assassin missions before they're like, hey, go kill that guy. And he was like 100 yards away and glowing yellow. I mean, now (laughs) they they will have him in like the in the center of 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 like a gigantic castle or or in the middle of of a, you know, of a cathedral or something like that. And and you'll have to actually do some work to find that person and you'll actually have to do some work to sneak in and kill that person because killing that person without being detected is really hard now. Um, Yeah, I I think they took a big cue from Batman Arkham Asylum that, you know, that whole thing where they were like, hey, Mm -hmm. people are actually enjoying playing as a stealthy guy and maybe we should do that with our guy now. Yeah, it's funny that that uh, you guys brought up the, the whole counter button thing, though, is because I, from what I heard, there's a bit of controversy surrounding, uh, not controversy, but a bit of like meh feelings around uh, Shadow of Mordor uh, in relations to that. I don't know if you saw the video by a YouTuber named Destiny. Mm, yeah, you showed me that video where, yeah, where he, he just counters. Yeah, he. he did this big long spiel about how he was not enjoying the game because the combat was like it, it just asinine. required the use of like one button right he know. was just he was just mashing one button and it ended up i, I like, experimented with it in in sleeping dogs and was really disappointed i tried to do it in in batman arkham city for the like one night i played it and it didn't work in that one so at least at least i had that going for it but whenever <laughs> like any game and this is why i also wasn't interested in shadow of mordor even though it got great reviews but if like any game says the combat is like Assassin's Creed, but I just like I still don't want <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't want to mm-hmm. go down that road. I just like it. I know it's personal preference, but I have like no preference for for AC combat. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I liked it back in the day. Um, it's like I liked stealth stuff more, though, and it didn't focus too much on that. So mm. whatever. We'll see. I mean, I think I might end up actually reviewing Far Cry 4, so uh, that's at least one upcoming Ubisoft title. Ubisoft's been getting a lot of shit this year. Yeah, they are, even yeah. though they're like half the games on the market this year, too. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, there was Trials, there was... Was Rayman this year, or was that last year? Rayman Legends, I think, came out for the next-gen consoles this year. Okay, but, but then there was there was also Ray of Light. There was our child of light, child, child of, light. of light, valiant, valiant hearts, valiant hearts, which, uh, uh, Watch Dogs? which wasn't too terribly bad. Watch Dogs too- wasn't too terribly bad either. It just, I don't know if these things have a place in the market anymore now that Ubisoft sandbox games are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because the, the hate train has left the station. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I actually, mean, I didn't think that Watch Dogs had very bad stealth gameplay, at least. 
No, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I like think Watch Dogs had great stealth gameplay. When you jacked that difficulty all the way up, I thought it was a great stealth game. Hmm. It just yeah. uh, if if there was any if there was ever a sandbox Deus Ex game, it would play something like Watch Dogs, which makes me feel okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. To be fair, Ubisoft's not the only one on the receiving end of the hate train right now. I think the elephant in the room being uh, Sonic Boom. Oh wait, but that's that's like brand new actually. Didn't that game come out to like no fanfare yesterday? Yes, Ugh. and uh, they did not send out even one single review copy. Oh, wow, that is a red flag. <laughs> like like this this late embargo for AC Unity is kind of a red flag, but oh, and the early embargo for um Dragon Age Inquisition is like a green flag. Like Nintendo mm-hmm. does that. The early embargoes are usually a sign of confidence, late embargoes are a sign of of uh of apprehension. Mm-hmm. And and no review copies whatsoever is just like they they don't even they know <laughs> they're yeah. fully aware you know what's, yeah, I, I, I hope i'm not getting us too far off track here but you know what's bothering me the most about these embargoes is a lot of them mm. are saying like hey you can do let's plays and walkthroughs beforehand but not critical content until xyz time and it's like right what i have actually not gotten anything like that have either I've, of you guys mm-hmm. um well, wow I, I i know that uh smash 4 review copies for wii u they're they're like allow you a certain amount of footage you can show of the game before the game comes out and and i guess like full disclaimer for the viewers like this stuff is not legally binding like you don't necessarily like sign any legal documents saying you have to follow the embargo so if like something really is super shitty enough that it needs to be reported on earlier you can still get away with it Mm -hmm. they just won't send you any more stuff afterwards which most of the time that doesn't even matter you know if well, get, don't, I, wouldn't they have I grounds s- to get your video pulled though um Pardon? i mean what's that on the internet it just it's out there like uh yeah but i mean like if you were to like put up a thing they said like specifically don't talk about this because we sent you the game early if you signed like, an nda do- maybe but i've oh, never yeah, signed an nda in relation to an embargo i don't know like don't embargoes know. in my experience at least have been fairly informal agreements mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but i don't know about about you guys I don't often, I mean, I, I've never worked with like a big company on a game. I've only ever gotten indie games, and that's obviously very uh, very informal as it's, far as... It's actually pretty funny how, how I've had a much easier time dealing with Ubisoft as opposed to other AAA devs when they're also the ones who have a reputation for buttering up journalists with, mm. with free tablets and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny so because I guess, it took I guess me the longest that... time for Ubisoft to even like respond to my emails. Like, of of all developers, Ubisoft was the hardest one for me to be like, hey, look, I exist. You know, I Um, think it's because their PR department actually has a couple of people who are um, in charge of of working with YouTubers. mm -hmm, They they mm -hmm. have a YouTube relations program, and I think that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at a lot of the the brand deal stuff that, like, uh, Gerard and Alex have gotten on the Super Beard Bros, it's been mainly it's been mainly ubisoft stuff because they have that youtuber sect that mm-hmm. like oh yeah yeah so you know between. what i'm talking about the, yeah yeah the ubisoft youtube um <laughs> i wanted to why incorporate did... fun bucks in there somewhere but <laughs> i don't think i can why didn't why didn't they call it to be soft that's to be soft to be or to not to be soft to be soft you just i think you, you probably just got a job applicant or a job offer in the mail 
from that one. <laughs> no, but you know, it's funny I, we were saying this. It's not it's not all the big companies that are like saying, hey, let's plays and walkthroughs can go live before it. You know, I, I actually got one recently from an indie dev who was like, hey, I'll let you guys, you know, walkthroughs and let's plays can go up, but review and borrow or review stuff can't go up until day before the game releases. It's still nice that it's the day before that the game releases instead mm-hmm. of like the day of, but still the fact that like let's plays and, and walkthroughs can go up like a week prior to that's, is that's kind of shitty. That's funny because like there are a lot of analytics nowadays that are suggesting that let's plays serve the same, if not a greater impact for uh, sales of a game than reviews do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why would they like um, want to restrict one type of content that has the same, if not a greater impact on sales versus the other type that might have less of an impact? Maybe because the game looks better than it actually plays and a critic and somebody who could add in critical content and being like, hey, this looks kind of nice, but it plays really janky. You know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing would cut back on sales. Well, yeah, are they like signing some Shadow of Mordor's kind of thing, which I don't think is going to happen very often now in the future. Where <laughs> I don't they think are that's like, going to happen ever again. I really hope not. I would not be surprised if it does, though. But um, where, where they had to agree to cover the game in a positive light. Yeah, that's 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 silly. I've actually like, never gotten like, any of those before. I mean, come on. It, but but let's play is like part of the fun is is making fun of janky games. Mm-hmm. And, where's the fun of a let's play if you can't laugh at the game with the let's player yeah seriously i don't know unless it's a scary game and then you just laugh at the the let's player getting scared exactly yeah Yeah. that's that's become a thriving marketplace actually it might not this year it seems to uh have, have simmered down a bit pretty pretty damn thriving I mean, we had we had Five Nights at Freddy's this year. I mean, it's like a far cry from the Slender clones of last year, is what I'm saying. Uh, to put into perspective hmm. that it's still booming, let me just do a quick Markiplier Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Two Part One on Markiplier's channel got 4.2 million views in three days well, yeah but i mean like last year when what did goat simulator come out this year yeah it was this year okay so i guess whatever the I, i'm gonna stand by this point the goat the wacky <laughs> simulator is the slender clone of, mm-hmm. of this year <laughs> I, I could agree with that <laughs> yeah that, yeah that's yeah. fair that's a fair statement i i'm just saying i think horror games horror uh Games, as far as Let's Plays go, still have a very big market that's still very much moving forward. Anyways, I think um, we are we are long overdue for our break because we actually have a lot more news to go over. Um, oh no! I know, I know, but uh, but but we must we must go over it because some really cool stuff has happened this week. It's actually not all bad news, right? Right. Um, and we will get to that shortly. Hi, Rick Mail here. I don't know if you're like me. Immensely rich, talented, handsome. Isn't it a bore? Well, I found the answer. Zelda Link's Awakening from Nintendo. You play a medieval elf named Link. You travel through many worlds, meeting endless characters on your eternal adventures. So hey, next time you're Rick Mail, why not try? Zelda Link's Awakening. I think you'll like it. The mystery. The magic. The new adventure RPG for Nintendo 64. Get in or get out. 
Welcome back to the TOVG podcast. Now that we have finished talking about National Hate on Assassin's Creed Day, which was <laughs> yesterday, which would be Wednesday for uh, for the listeners in the future. Um, <laughs> now we get to talk about what happened two days before that, which was National Hate on Rockstar Day. They apparently this is really weird. They apparently updated the PC version of GTA San Andreas to um kind of reinstall a version of the game that's a lot like a port of the mobile version of the game, which is famous for taking away 17 songs from the soundtrack whose music licenses had expired by now, and also including support for Xbox controllers, which is nice, but also disincluding support for 1080p resolutions. What? It's it's really weird. And and the reason I'm putting it in here is because it's like a classic game... And they're calling it an update, but it doesn't sound like an update at all. It sounds like no. a down date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does? How do you even? Like, what? What is the legal part of of removing seventeen songs from the soundtrack? I'd really like, like to know. Like, I assume it has to do with um the the licenses expiring for how long they're allowed to sell a derivative product using this music. Because mm-hmm. um they probably when they originally made this game, like back in two thousand four for the PS two, like I'm sure they they thought about re releasing it digitally, but didn't um necessarily engineer it to. Okay. Because like that was that was when that was the same year Half Life Two came out on Steam. It was a bit of an experiment, but it was happening. Um, and I, I, I guess I just don't know. Like, it's really scary because, um, this happens if you already owned the Steam version of the game. Yeah. Which I guess uh, technically makes like the non-Steam PC port of GTA San Andreas now the, the best way to play the game. Cause it was a really good PC port too. I, I suppose maybe now it is not. And that's, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, That that is ridiculous. I mean, fans were able to patch in higher resolution support again fairly easily, but also I'm really worried about this breaking a lot of the mods. And I don't know if you guys remember, but um, San Andre- the PC port of San Andreas is what started the uh, ENB modding scene. Oh wow! Um, yeah, when when Vladimir Kolospinov, I don't I don't know exactly what his name is, and I probably just horribly butchered it. But ENB guy uh, mm-hmm. started figuring out how to inject extra shader effects into DirectX 9 games by tinkering with the PC port of San Andreas. And um, now it is an entirely different piece of software. Totally. Which is weird. Like I, I hate when I hate when it's like the, the like upside is like, well, people who are tech savvy with the game managed to like figure out a patch way to like fix it again. Like that's always like a, my knee jerk is like that shouldn't need to happen. Yeah, I mean it's not like you're wrong, but when the fix is easy enough, it really makes no difference to me. Yeah, it's like fine that that it's like fixed, so like pe- it doesn't affect people if they like look into it too much. But it's still really weird and annoying. Like the issue in general is like very yeah. weird. And I mean, really, the biggest thing that's going to hurt the game in the long run is the 17 songs missing. Because yeah. Uh, 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 God, the soundtrack is such an integral part of every GTA game. Yeah, it's very it, yeah. It's having very, seventeen songs—that's that's a whole. And this happened earlier, actually, for the PC version of um, Vice City, <laughs> like this oh, really? super old game from like two thousand two, I think, uh-huh. where uh, they had to remove some songs from the PC version on Steam because they were able to keep selling it, but they had their licenses for the music expire, and they renewed them, and then. Mm-hmm patched in support for the older songs once again and uh 
you know, I'm just now thinking this is a PC version. Maybe there's just a mod out there that adds in these missing songs to the radio stations again. I think that's yeah, kind of what's nice about GTA 4 and hopefully GTA 5 in the future on the PC that they let you do that your yeah. own radio station thing. Oh, they always they always have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a fairly safe bet that there'll be a custom radio station in 5. Yeah. Um by yeah. the way, have you guys seen the first person trailer? I have. Oh uh, yeah, I watched a little I, bit. I of think it. it's kind of silly how big of a deal people are making out of, but it looks okay. Looks, looks like a decent extra for for this extra new port of the game. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's going to be yeah. I mean, I think it'll be really cool, but I think more importantly, it's going to be appealing to a bigger audience of people that normally would not have played GTA. I think I think <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of first person <laughs> shooter players out there who are like it's not a first person shooter, I'm not going to play it. Right, but now that GTA is a first-person but, shooter, but now GTA, it might be their jam. Well, this is like the highest-selling game of all time. Doesn't matter now; they're, they're still cracking into more into more people now. Okay, I'm just saying there's there's probably not a lot of those people to begin with, <laughs> considering considering the size of the game's audience already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a weird change, but whatever. Um, so let's see, while everyone is hating on Assassin's Creed Unity, and while Rockstar was also having those weird issues with, with San Andreas, um, Valkyria Valkyria Chronicles came out on Steam, which is like, (laughs) I remember last year there was a big, uh, I I don't remember if it was a change.org petition, some like really silly little petition trying to get Sega to port a bunch of weird console games over to PC. And I'm surprised uh-huh. to see, like, this is, like, <laughs> the early one, like, Valkyra Chronicles, this super-duper <laughs> niche, turn-based, anime, World War II tactics game from six years ago came yeah. out on PC, and it turns out everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it climbed to number one on launch day on the charts, and... um apparently they they did a half decent job of the port too where um they have support for 1080p modes and 60 fps you can go higher than 60 fps the game won't break until 75 fps which i mean by japanese console port standards is pretty nice Mm -hmm. that's a great game i i I actually picked it as one of uh, our favorite games of uh of the seventh generation consoles oh really and when i was playing it again to capture footage for the for the video i was like man mm-hmm. this game is really good if this game came out <laughs> this year it would probably crush you know because <laughs> really not this year's not a great year for games just in general yeah but and lo and behold it came out i was like wow that's awesome and so i i actually totally recommend anybody who's slightly curious about it to, to check it out it's really it's really a good game yeah, I can't wait. I've had um, friends who just have not been able to shut up about it for, like, years. <laughs> like, like, oh, I remember way back in 2008, it was the first quote-unquote game to come out on PS4 because before then they just had Talladega Nights. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. The, the funny thing is, like you said, it's a kind of a bad year for games. <clears throat> I would agree to that, except for, I would agree on that, except for it seems like Nintendo is just having a great year. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah I can't I, wait to I get my Wii U. I don't have a Wii U, and I'm kicking myself no, in the I butt for wait. it. I'm, well, I'm getting Black one Friday, Black Friday. Mm, I can't wait. They're, they're selling refurbished ones for $200. I'm going to buy some kind of bundle if that doesn't um, add up to more savings, but oh my gosh, I... I can't wait to play Bayonetta. And 
I remember back last year, I was um, hoping that that a PC version of Bayonetta would come out of um, Sega pushing for weird console exclusives to come out on PC. But mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't have my hopes up so much anymore because of uh, them being so entrenched with Nintendo now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, still, like, I don't, maybe Sega will put Vanquish on PC. That would be great. I, th- I think at this point, after after Sonic Boom's release, <clears throat> Sega needs to do everything they possibly can to like they have a surprisingly good um that 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 like they published um alien isolation right mm-hmm. right yep. they also That's do the, the total war they, games they're they're not all bad they're not all bad the thing is like they gotta let sonic like, go they just need to like yeah they need oh, to yeah, give him yeah. a viking funeral and move on yeah he's like he shouldn't be the the face of sega anymore because he's the kids just still like been sonic anyway i i don't know i don't, I don't know, know. Uh, the, the only people who I know still like Sonic are people who should not still like Sonic. <laughs> the people, the, if, if you like know what I mean. People, yeah, yeah. The guys who refuse to believe that you know that the franchise has died. You know that that there's never really going to be another good Sonic game. It's 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 really popular on the uh, weirder circles of the internet. Yeah, and uh, like mostly the people who still like Sonic to this day are the people who liked Sonic one through three on the Genesis mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't Which... know if I can I can talk now because I remember really enjoying Generations in two thousand eleven. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a good. I heard that was Sonic one of game. the better games. It was, it was. But but besides that, it's just like that. That was a one percenter. <laughs> that was one hmm. percent of the good Sonic games. Is is one through three and Generations? Yeah. Um, let's see. Last but not least, we had... Oh, actually, we have two, and they're um, both uh, new game announcements. Well, technically, we already knew about the Game of Thrones game before, but we haven't had a lot to uh, see of it so far, and we still technically don't. But Telltale mm-hmm. is finally starting to, like, trickle out the media information about it, and geez, like, people are going nuts in the city tonight. Um, <laughs> but we're going to have five playable characters for Game of Thrones. It's going to... T- and Telltale's Game of Thrones, that is. Right, it's going right. to take place towards the end of Season 3 and end right before the beginning of Season 5. And it's going to take place in uh, canon places, but outside of the events the show covers. So okay. I don't know what the hell this means, because I'm not into Game of Thrones, and I know people are going to hate me for that, but their, their official press release says something along the lines of... Um, You'll be able to see what Ironrath, the home of House Forrester, looks like. Uh, Randy, I believe you are into Game of Thrones. I am into Game what of is Thrones. A, what, what is a House Forrester? It's really nothing. <laughs> really? <laughs> the oh, house well, it's for- nothing because to, you don't know what he looks Google like it yet. I to figure out who the hell the House Forrester was, because I was like, House Forrester? It turns out that they're one of the minor houses in the north. Um, mm. So, you know, if anybody's ever curious about that... It, this is basically going to be taking place entirely off of the map from what's going to be going on in the game or you know is that good or bad (laughs) i I think it's going to be good i think that it's going to give them plenty of wiggle room for in terms of story um Hmm. because there's a ton of stuff going on in the books especially in around this location so um it should be fun i'm super hesitant about this one though (laughs) After yeah. after I, season two of Walking Dead, man, I think I think I might have had my fill of uh, mm. Telltale for a little bit. Really? Because that's surprisingly divisive. Like when I was playing through it, I, I felt that, but I was surprised by how many comments on my negative review disagreed with me. Because mm-hmm. apparently, people still they they thought season two was okay. I just have noticed a like 
direct correlation between how many projects Telltale takes on and how good those games end out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like there is a negative relation between that. They they multitask, but they don't seem very good at it. Yeah. In in my experience, at least. See, I, I think what, what might be a big problem for this is, like, I, I, what'll be good for them is the fact that it'll be Game of Thrones. It'll be, you know, the world of ice and fire and basically... Anybody can die at any time and it wouldn't be something surprising, you know, so. Yeah, isn't that what everyone loves about Game of Thrones? Yeah. Like, oh, no, the main characters just died. I didn't expect that. It's kind of like it's kind of <laughs> like Walking Dead where like, oh, I was really attached to that guy. I was sad that they just died. Um, yeah. So in that t- in that sort of sense, it's going to be very one to one with each other. But mm. I, I feel like for some reason, the lack of your choices having an actual lasting and meaning uh, impact in the game I don't think that matters as much in in Walking Dead but I feel like people are going to be a little bit madder about that if that if that happens in uh, in Game of Thrones does that would, make sense would they really because Game of Thrones is already like an established canology like Walking Dead is is a bit more like open-ended I guess but isn't Game of Thrones like super duper diligent about what happens in the universe when where and why and how yeah he's very diligent about that stuff apparently yeah so and how no. much wiggle room does Telltale have I, I because the world is, is literally globally sized. I think they have a ton of wiggle room. Really, oh. okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The thing, the thing that makes me think that they don't have that much wiggle room is the the placing of this on the timeline. It, it's the it was the end of season three through the start of season five, right? That's what it's supposed to take place. Well, if it's like taking place on the other side of the world, then I guess. Well, like, I guess, but then like, I don't know. doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of it being a Game of Thrones game if it's like, here's something that completely uh, doesn't relate to anything you already know. I don't know. <laughs> well, like, like maybe. I guess the, the it, I, I was going to say the books don't tie together well with the, the show. Like, there's right. a lot of stuff that's one to one, but stuff that will happen in season three might not have happened until book five or something like that. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and then there will be stuff in season five that might have just happened in book two. Like, there, there's a lot of mixing of of the timeline a bit in in from mm-hmm. the books to the show yeah but i i guess i guess what i'm saying is like as someone who has not read the books or or watched the show uh, i just know of like the fandom and the big cult following of game of thrones um like if this doesn't take place in a place that is in the show that people are interested in like I guess is it just being like I, I feel I feel like it's just a marketing ploy that it's like Telltale and Game of Thrones what, so what buy because it it's going to be the next Walking Dead. Shadow of of Mordor and and the I don't know a lot of a lot of cool I mean, Lord of the Rings games have been made based on uh, places and times of the universe mm-hmm. that have otherwise been uncared for. Like I I guess I feel like it's a different thing though. I don't know. I, I guess it, it might just be my bias because Telltale is attached to this, and I don't, I like, I not necessarily like or dislike Telltale, but they seem to have carved this niche for themselves, mm-hmm. and it seems like this is like very much playing to like, hey, it's us, we're making this, you're going to buy <laughs> it, and like, I don't mm. know. I'm interested to at least to see how it looks though, because I don't know if they can get away with the uh, like cheap cell shading. Uh, that um, their comic book franchises like The Walking Dead and Fables or Wolf Among Us have been able to get away yeah, with. Because like Walking, yeah, Game of Thrones, like the show at least, is very, very rich to look at. Mm-hmm. Looks, it looks like Skyrim in motion, and uh, yeah. and they haven't uh, really stepped up the telltale tech to Skyrim levels. Yeah, it's like the 
It's like the Skyrim of shows. <laughs> Skyrim of shows. <laughs> it's like Skyrim with the TV show. Yeah. It's like Skyrim with swords and magic. That was you guys are great. We just brought that full circle right there, baby. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, one last one last news topic, and that is the official announcement of Just Cause 3, which, mm-hmm. if you actually have been paying attention to the news, has been diving in and out of the news over the past two years, much like the Game of Thrones game. Um, but anyways, I feel like <laughs> this whole quote-unquote announcement, it really just kind of said it exists and showed a couple <laughs> screenshots of Rico flinging around, um, is... is they, they also in addition to those screenshots, made some statements about how the game would not feature microtransactions. (laughs) Which is important because some leaked screenshots from last week showed uh, some some menus from what was presumed to be a Just Cause build that that seemed to definitely have some kind of Just Cause fun bucks conversion scheme going on. Right. Uh, There's there's this... um, menu on those leaked screenshots from last week where it shows you a list of cars and there's you have an option to buy the car or rent the car and it's 92% off for seven days and it yeah and maybe they're talking about game money or maybe they're talking about like real money there's uh yeah that's that's what what people are apprehensive about and so they like decided to officially announce the game just to say that those screenshots were from a um Let's see. I'm trying to find the official quote here. Uh, an ancient version of the game during an exploratory phase of development, according to a CBG article. Yeah, yeah. So yesterday, before Assassin's Creed got chewed up for it. Right. I, uh, but essentially uh, saying, uh, yeah, I, I raised the cocaine to my nose, but I didn't inhale. Uh, yeah, they were... It, it was an exploratory phase of development. They were in their college years of, of <laughs> developing Just Cause 3. Just, just they College were, 3. They were experimenting with getting players to use Just Cause fun bucks. I guess. I don't know. If- yeah, because like, okay, from what I can see here, the, the thing that people would be apprehensive about is like the menu just shows you buy or rent these cars with with like an unknown currency that seems to be represented by the crystal switch from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> And then, but like it shows at the bottom that that's what the the, icon looks like. Yeah, the guy, the guy currently has no crystal switches from Ocarina of Time. But there's, if he presses the Y button, he can can buy buy more more crystal switches. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't say (laughs) what what he buys those with, which is assumed to be real money, right? It could be real money. It could be crystal switch fun bucks. I don't know. Like, like, just cause three is going to be Game of Formers cover story next month, and I, I don't even know if I should like consider this an official announcement. Until then, it's basically them yeah. just trying to dispel all the negative publicity press they got from last week's super shady leak, which basically showed two screenshots of what looked like a pay to win menu, and also yeah. a pipe sticking out of the ground. A pipe? Yeah, yeah. Did you see that one? It was a really no. weird screenshot. Like, the guy who um, was taking it was just, like, standing in front of a pipe that was sticking out of a stretch of ground. Like, Uh all of the textures were really stretched and muddy. It was the weirdest part of a game to (laughs) show off for a link. I just sent it to you guys in the Skype chat, but um, um, there you go. You can can see what... uh, Yeah, that's what what (laughs) some... Some shady employee over at Avalanche decided to um, leak the the game out with. And that's that's the shot they used. That in the pay to play menu. So maybe someone has it in for them inside the company. I don't know. I, I just love how much 
how how exactly like a Mario pipe that looks. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's got like it's the nice like and curly tip to it and everything. All it's missing like, is is a green like super smooth texture. Yeah. How funny would it be if it did have a green super smooth texture? Anyways, I think that sums up a lot of the bigger stuff that happened mm-hmm. this week. And in the meantime, some other big stuff that happened this week is the Q&A thread keeps growing and growing. Oh, yeah. We've got some fun new questions for everyone. Feel free to pitch in, Randy. Um, square, squipper, squipper, squip squiffer. Oh, yeah. Squipper, squipper wants to know... Can you name a game or games that you consider your favorite, but which didn't get enough attention? He also wants to know if you've played any f- non-first-party Nintendo DS games that might have been your favorites. Um, and I have an answer to both of those questions. Okay. And that is Elite Beat Agents, hmm. which is an excellent, excellent game, just full of good vibrations and fun and humor that uh, people don't remember for a lot of reasons. And I think one of them is because it was a non-first party game on DS. And it's also a game that would only really work as well on on DS because you kind of like tap your fingers to the beat of music. Uh And they made a sequel in um, Japan off of the Japanese version, which I think was called Unidan. Mm -hmm. And they never really ported stateside because it was like a wacky Japanese concept to begin with. I guess it didn't catch on. Yeah, I, I never actually played Leap Beat Agents. Oh, it's um, so fun. I have, like, nothing but but love for that game. Like, I, f- <laughs> I discovered it the same week I discovered Katamari Damachi. Oh, wow. And, and like, my life just got so much more happier for for <laughs> those those few weeks. Um, For me, I can't answer the second one because I don't really know of any first-party DS games that I... Or non-first-party DS games that I played. I can't really, like, recall. But uh, for the first part of the question... I think a game that I would consider my favorite but did not get enough attention would be uh, Botanicula or Botanicula. Oh, yeah. Um, and I still haven't played that, so yeah, guilty yeah, is charged. I will I will continue to push it anytime this, questions like this are brought up, but it's a wonderful point-and-click game made by the guys who made Machinarium and Samorost 1 and 2. And, uh, and it's in, like, every Humble Bundle. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually was one of the first, like, Humble Bundles that was, like, titled after the game. It was, like, that like that game released and had its own bundle and that's where i got it and it's just this really cool like cute little point and click it's really like interesting and fun and quirky and i don't know it's got it's got like a a lot of heart to it and it actually has some really like interesting dark themes that show up if you're willing to like search around for them so wait they get like dark and edgy about clicking on flowers like there's there's like a part where where like the team because you're you're, like you play as a group of little like like plant thing people there's like a leaf and a mushroom and like a nut and they're all like buddies and they go on this like quest <laughs> to save the tree and uh oh, there's like adorable. a part there's a part where you go to this like shady like backwater town in the tree and like you go into like a bar and you each of the of the little guys in your party has like their own specific like drug trip that you need to go on <laughs> it's really weird you like okay. breathe in this like fume okay, tank and interesting it, it's super super weird and it's like you have to go through all five of them to like unlock the next part of the story that you need to go to but it's just like really weird because it's like actually very very obviously like yeah drugs they're taking drugs right now and they're getting like super hallucinating and stuff it's really funny but yeah that'd uh, be mine what about you randy um whenever somebody asks me about a game that i think is great but never got got its attention uh 
Mount and Blade Warband, which is actually on sale this weekend on Steam for like five bucks. Oh, I, I yeah. definitely oh, those say games that are, one. Those hmm. games, yeah, yeah, especially that one because that's like the iterative improvement on Mountain Blade Vanilla, mm-hmm. but also like not getting to like bloat levels of imbalance like yep. Fire and Sword. Wait, was uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Mountain Blade? Is that like the kind of chivalry esque game that yeah, was? Yeah, except yes. unlike chivalry, it has actual good combat. <laughs> yes. well, I, okay, for, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface that with I actually very much enjoyed chivalry. I know, but, I know, it's it's fun, but like the combat in Mountain Blade, like it is on a level that I, I just uh, I wish so many other games would copy it. Yeah, right. But that's that. Uh, I'm I am confirming though. That's the one where you have like like muskets with bayonets and you run and you're like a group of guys and it's like very like deliberate combat right mountain yeah, uh, yeah. warband is has no muskets that's all just boards and swords but um well uh-huh. there was the napoleonic wars mod and that's that was the one i was really really going to say is the napoleonic wars version of that game which was also really good yeah i i've seen a lot of gameplay videos of that one it looked really good i never ended up getting into it though that one that one was really great because there were there were always gigantic servers you could play on. I think there were sixty four and one twenty eight player servers, and it was the neat part about those was I think there were one twenty eight servers. Oh it's my been like, god! It's been crazy. like two years since I played it. You could have actual <laughs> line battles. You oh, those people, videos are so fun too. Yeah, they, people have real line battles, but I think the neat part about it is you would have like little cities or towns or whatever and and you Uh and your 64 teammates would be defending it and what was really neat about it was like when you took a bullet you died and you were out for the Mm. rest of the round so like that's the (laughs) thing about mountain blade like it is it is more fun and easy and accessible to grasp if you crank it up to super hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that's great yep those that's my two picks mountain blade warband which get because it's on sale and if you ever see it on sale buy it and if you already have it buy a copy for a friend i think it is on sale right now in fact is it um or actually they're giving away the original for free i don't know oh. gog for today i don't know if it'll be lasting as long as for when the podcast actually comes out but uh <laughs> but, but today know. on thursday november 13th it is being given away for free on gog so you have no excuse it's one yeah. of the best rpgs ever and it actually has really good real-time combat tacked on I can't wait for Mountain Blade 2. But that and Witcher 3 are the Banner Lord. Yes. But yeah. And in Kingdom Come Deliverance, it's it's a, it's a good forecast for like <laughs> super cheesy LARPy medieval games. Yay! <laughs> um let's see. We got another question and that mm-hmm. is from Master Micah. What is the process you guys have for writing scripts and making videos? Uh do you want to go first? Uh yeah, sure. I um well, I mean, it's it's not exciting <laughs> stuff, yeah. obviously. The end product is much more exciting than the process, but I use something I learned in, in school called the Toolman method that is mm-hmm. basically a way to outline arguments to account for um, everything that you're backing up as well as everything that might shoot through it and all mm-hmm. in the same outline. And I have... I basically just, just fill that out, which um, has you, like listing out individual bullet points for um the hang on a second i'm actually going to bring it up you have to list a few elements of your argument they're called grounds warrant backing rebuttal and qualification and the uh grounds being like why you think what you do the backing being the actual hard evidence for why you think what you do the warrant being the things that connect the grounds and the backing to your claim, the claim being like the thesis statement that'll sum up the whole script, Mm -hmm. the rebuttal reservation being things that you expect 
might, you know, rebut or um, reserve your argument. Right. And qualifications being like, um, like limitations to the claim or um, like, I, I don't know, like asserting on some kind of wishy-washy but still legit qualification like uh mm. like like if you have some kind of expert or something that agrees with you you would you would put that citation under the qualification area of this outline yeah, yeah. and um i turned that into a 10 minute script that i got from a comedy writing book that i did not actually learn a lot of comedy writing from but at least i got a cool outline for making a 10 minute <laughs> routine um but yeah, yeah, uh, the 10 minute outline has me taking that toolman outline and splitting it into three topics with um, one main anecdote per topic and two minor little quote unquote jokes. But really, I've just kind of evolved it into being talking points for the three broader talking points. That's smart. I like that. It's I, I try to keep it organized. Also, yeah. just, you know, there's like the requisite big page of scribbly notes while playing a game <laughs> yeah that's always really important <laughs> yeah uh typically I, I do the big scribbly notes thing um mostly for when i do a level head which is like i'll, pl I'll play the game and i'll be like okay what am i gonna what am i gonna find like i want to find a, a part of the game that i want to talk about so like just play the game kind of like randomly uh and when i find the level i will like start at the start of it i'll pull open a brand new pad and i'll just like write down specifically like every detail of the level that like stands out to me and then afterwards i'll be like okay i can cut the thing where it doesn't really matter do you ever stuff. find yourself drawing no because i'm always <laughs> I, like i have a couple times and it's with strategy <laughs> games actually well i'll 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 draw i remember i did a lot of drawing with banish where i was drawing the like ideal patterns that i wanted my next town's farms to be laid out in oh, oh i see what you mean like like sketching out like like like, like what notes. you think what you think works and why you think it makes the game work that way yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay i definitely do that with level head notes um i thought you just meant like getting bored and just like sketch like drawing no, no. <laughs> doodling no well i mean no. kind of but but doodles inspired by you trying to figure what makes the game tick um but yeah i yeah aside from that was as far as the scripting goes i literally just kind of start writing and i write until i'm done writing and then i read it over again and change whatever i don't like <laughs> i don't really have a, a set pattern or anything which is probably not really super uh super professional but it seems to work out for for my style so cool what about you randy what is your methodology um i have a very ugly uh notepad next to my desk and i mean it is literally it's it's creepy there's like a giant picture of a, it's like a super close-up of a crab on the top of it <laughs> anyway so I, that is my notepad okay. that i have and 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 when i'm playing a game oh so it's like some kind of really like crackly leathery pattern no, it literally looks like a crab. Like it is a super close up of a crab, which is like the creepiest creature on the planet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I'm know just trying to like picture the texture, and I'm picturing something red and bumpy and rough. It looks. You know what? It looks like a close up of those chitin creatures from Fallout Three. <laughs> what were those things called? I don't even remember. Uh, I, I have no clue. I, I I feel like I remember the image of the creature, but not the name and the lore. But anyway, so I have this really anyway, ugly notepad. Talking about crabs. Yeah, and it's and it sits there. It scares the shit out of me. But while I'm playing these games, I um, um, 
I generally try to write down any any positives and negatives. It's it's really close to what you do, George. I, I, I put down like what I really, really enjoy about something and I try to jot it down as I'm doing it because by the time you're done playing a game, you might forget some of the super good points or, or something that you might oh, yeah. have written about. And I'll and I'll try mm-hmm. to mark down as many, you know, negatives that I can as I'm going along as well. So then by the end I've got this uh this sheet of paper with just pluses and minuses all over it. And um you know, from there, I try to formulate my script. And, you know, when I'm done with the game, I think to myself, you know, is it really worth people's money? Not worth people's money? You know, if it is worth cash, how much would I think it's be worth? But um, mm-hmm. I think after that, probably the hardest part for me to do is is my opening sentence. I, I know that's totally oh, a that personal is so thing. true. That oh, is so true. true for you too? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's actually for a lot of people. Like there are countless um, like writing guides and classes that like emphasize just how hard it is to start something off. I mitigated it by beginning to write what is obviously not going to be the first paragraph and like leaving that for later. And then the first paragraph kind of falls into place as I get the rest of it done. Oh, wow. I I should try to start doing that. But yeah, first, first sentence is always killer for me. And, and when I think of that That, good first sentence and I put it down on page, I just, it's like falling off a log from there. Then I just kind of hammer everything out and, Trying and to back and it then it becomes more evidence. a matter of trying to trim it up rather than keep going. <laughs> at least that's that's my problem a lot. If I'm really interested in a topic, at least I like won't stop until it starts to get ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's really it. I try to, um, and I, I also when I do the video review, I, I I also try to give a good synopsis of what the heck a game is about, because um, I'm and I'm not. I'm I'm finding a lot more videos that are, you know, labeling themselves as reviews anymore. I'll watch the video and I'll listen to somebody rant about how much they either love this game or how much they either hate this game, but they don't tell me anything about what the game is about. And that's kind of the a really important part of a review, I feel. So, hmm. yeah. You mean like about like thematically or like um mechanically a little bit of both a little bit of both like just saying, "Hey, this is a first-person shooter and and, you know, it doesn't you have regenerating health or, or something along those lines or you know mm. sometimes it, a game is not what it looks like on the surface and and i think uh missing that explanation can be lost a lot along the way it kind of goes back to what we were saying about why why could you do a let's play or walk through ahead of time before actually giving a critique of it because like people don't know how it plays you know actually in their hands yeah. you know i can see that yeah um, last question is from Tom five, five, five. They want to know if you guys play any board games. Um, I do not. <laughs> I, the first and last board game I played was called last night on earth, which I think there's a video of me on YouTube playing that somewhere. That, that's fitting. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually a really fun game. I, I enjoyed it and I actually got a copy of it for, uh, for myself as well. And, and I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to, to Magfest in January where I get to play it again. I want to play oh, yeah. more, you know, they're fun. I'm debating I just, on I, whether or not I need to go to that. You need to, you need to go to that. You need to go to that. Yeah. I Dang. think I think there's at least uh, I, I think I know people other than you who might be there, too. And, and I'm just trying to, like put together a, a sketch because I actually am going to be going up and down the um, East Coast in January. It's just going to be two weeks before MAGFest, so the schedule's mm. not super perfect. Yeah. But it's... um, mm, it, it probably is going to happen, I want to say. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up, but I think it's going to happen. Awesome. 
<laughs> Magfest is my <laughs> and, favorite time anyways. of the year. It literally is. I, I, I for like three I, days, I'm like, yeah, I don't video know what games. it's like. Because the only, oh, sorry, I feel no, like we're all talking over each other at this I, point. I think we're all just trying to collect our thoughts on on <laughs> on the idea of Magfest. I, I want to go. I've been wanting to go for a long time because I mean, like, like the name itself is just like these two things that I love: music and games, and they're just together. And it's a bunch of people kicking back and talking about music and games. It's like it's my jam. I just don't have the schedule to allow me to go just yet. So close, but just not there yet. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you go. You go to SGC, right? I, I went this a, year, and that was great. That was okay. That was okay. like, I was reaching a point where I was like, kind of the, the, the whole like video making thing, lot like lost some of its uh, luster for me, and then I went to SGC, and everything was like, I understand. <laughs> Maybe that's why I need to go to Magfest is to is to spark that light again. Yeah, it's being around being around like passionate content creators mm-hmm. and people who do the same stuff you do on the internet and seeing like like interacting with them and interacting with their fans and interacting with your fans and everything. It's just like a big super super positive experience. All right. Well, um I guess though <laughs> like going back to the actual topic, mm-hmm. but what about the board games? <laughs> so they do that at Magfest. Oh yeah, they, they yeah, have a board game room. Yeah, there's a game room, and and the nice part about it is it's it's 24 hours a day. So like if you were um, drunk and stumbling down and said to yourself at 3:30 in the morning, I want to go play a board game. You can you can go play a board game. You know, great. Yeah, I the last time I played a board game was like that at Dragon Con, where um, everyone just kind of ropes you over to whatever their spin on like the werewolf style role-playing card game is. Uh-huh. And I was playing one where um, it, it was uh, like basic werewolves style role-playing card clone, but mm-hmm. you also had equipment to manage at the same time and, oh, and like HP to deal across people and, and enemies would, would, be mistakenly made but i was i was surprisingly good at it (laughs) and but yeah i i don't really usually get into them and i have a friend of mine named joel who was actually in a video once um who keeps trying to get me into them but for some reason they don't sit because it's such a big deal you have to set up a board and you have to like have people over (laughs) and spend a bunch of money for junk food for them and it's like a, a a big ordeal and um he got me to play Pandemic for a night, though. That was fun. Um, mm-hmm. The Battlestar Galactica board game is is another super complicated twist on that werewolves concept where someone around the board is a Cylon and you got to find out who. Oh, cool. Um, Risk Iron Legacy was was a fun two nights of, of um, board game action. And it's important, though, that I at least try because you can learn a lot about about game design from playing board games. Oh yeah, a lot about yeah. the. I, uh, I find that a lot of board games decisions are so simply fun. Make. It makes me wonder why some video games don't copy it, especially I, in the I, multiplayer I format. Do not feel ashamed to say that I find video games a hell of a lot more fun than board games. So much as um, board games are just like a bit of a of an educational endeavor when you can study some of the same topics, but at a much slower, more tactile environment. Yeah, 
I think the biggest mm-hmm. hurdle with board games is you have to learn the rules a lot of times before you're actually going into it. Whereas a video game, the rules are already there and it doesn't let you break the rules. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't have to read the, the manual and and accidentally play the game wrong. Right. The game will be like, no, you're playing it wrong. Mm hmm. But also, there's also like this whole real-time interactive video feedback loop going on that is also kind of present in, in board games where um, you have a whole lot of other like artistic, aesthetic elements looping in and out of the player's hands. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's just important because it's like a microcosm of a lot of the same concepts. And then it helps you figure out what makes gameplay tick. Like gameplay as a universal concept is surprisingly similar, similar across incredibly different means like sport mediums, like sports and board games and video games. Mm. Yeah. Mm, Anyways. Anyway. Anyways. So I'm not into board games, but I really wish I was because it would probably help me out a lot with what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Makes sense to me too. Yeah. Anyways, um, that sums up the uh, latest three questions on the Q&A thread. And I think uh, that's also around time we should be wrapping up and heading out. Um, yep. Uh, do we have any cool projects on the horizon? Um, I might have said it last week. I have a couple. I, I have a lot of videos in the works right now, actually scripted and being recorded and stuff. So I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking to have more regular content out. Uh, a couple level head episodes actually like scripted and being currently worked on are you allowed to say what the game is uh yeah i mean like i could uh one of them is going to be on uh legend of zelda link between worlds Ooh. which i'm really excited about that one cool and uh the other one is going to be on smash for 3ds Ooh, oh that's going to be interesting because that's yeah. a totally different concept a multiplayer yeah. arena is a very different kind of level uh-huh i'm really excited to do that just because like the same reason i was excited for the roller coaster tycoon episode it's talking about level design that's not just like you know a platformer just like yeah. walking back and forth anyway. uh what about you randy what's what's coming out of elder gates elder geek um I've got a couple of things in the pipeline. I like I said, I'm kicking around that one indie game. I also need to crack open um, Assassin's Creed. What the hell was the other one that came Rogue. out? Rogue. Rogue is the other one. <laughs> the other one, yeah. <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Oh, redundant. That's, that's like a whole nother level of weirdness. Is mm-hmm. that they released oh, like another one that that was just kind of like a continuation of AC4 assets, but. Why did they do that? Didn't they come out on the same day as well? They came well? out on the same day, and I and I for really, the same consoles. I, or was was Rogue the last gen one? Rogue is the last gen one. Unity is the current gen one. I part of me wonders if they were like, you know what, both of these are okay, but not that awesome. Why don't we release them at the same time and then just get them off of our production schedule? Get them over with. <laughs> Dang, yeah. Assassin's Creed also. So let's see. Yeah, yeah. Rogue is coming out on PS3 and Xbox 360. Well, came out technically and PC. And Unity is, um, are they doing a last-gen version for no, Unity? No, I'm Unity is PS4 to... and Xbone and PC only. So it's current-gen only. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> but so they, but for PC users, it's technically the same platform. Okay. Yep. Yep. And I, I prefer to play my Assassin's Creed games on PC. But anyway, mm. Rogue needs to be opened and played one of these days. Um, but I, I'm always working on the next episode of my series, 25 Games for My Son. And I'm working Ooh, on... I think I told you about this. That sounds adorable. It's it's a fun project. I'm, I'm taking 
25 games that I played when I was growing up and, and I write about the events that happened in my life that I am always reminded of when I play those games. Um, and that's it. And I, and I hand draw like the story and I'm using the term hand draw pretty loosely because I'm, <laughs> I'm a horrible artist. Um, and then hand uh, I'm also working in quotes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm also working on, um, Witcher's one and two recap videos. Um, oh boy. Yeah. I, I really want to, um, play more Witcher, but I just like the first one took a billion hours out of me, even though I loved it to death. Mm. I'm just like afraid of losing a billion hours to it again. I know. And I replayed it all again to, to capture the footage for it. And I was like, this is still a really good game. People hate it because the combat was, was janky, but still the setting and the story were great. Yeah. And the music too Mm -hmm. is it's like some of the best, like cheesy generic fantasy music with all, all, due respect that I think is out there is, is the Witcher soundtrack. I don't even know about the second one though, because I haven't played it, even though everyone loves it. It's just the first one was such a big time investment. I've always been apprehensive about it. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yeah. 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 So that's me. That's my, that's my big pile of things that I need to get done before, before the holidays. <laughs> I'm doing um, a review of this war of mine, which I'm really looking forward to actually. Oh, that looks um, really interesting. Out, I think yesterday. And, um, I I'm going to hope to have a review out for it next Thursday. And besides that, I do want to catch up to a couple games that I have seen <laughs> get no coverage whatsoever, which is Revolver 360 and, and a little thing called Elliot Quest. Um, if you guys can Google Elliot Quest and see if it's your jam, I highly recommend it. Well, I recommend it. Um, it's it's a Zelda homage, a 2D mm. side-scrolling Zelda 2 in particular homage. Hmm. That um, You don't see a lot of that, and it also captures the spirit and the charm and the fun and the adventure of Zelda really well, which I'm looking forward to seeing if it holds up as the game goes on, but I've been enjoying what I've been playing so far. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel really good actually going back to... Um, like little shorter, less um, less demanding indie games, but at the same time, I I think I might be getting a copy of Far Cry Four. So I'd hate it though if if I had to set aside some of those obligations to spend like forty hours with Far Cry. But I guess I'll I'll see. Um, that'll all depend on whether or not I get that copy or not. Yeah, and Anyways. then Dragon Age is coming out too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Dragon Age. That's just like. Uh, out of the question for me i mean as long as i'm not making a living on this thing i cannot obligate that much time to it <laughs> yeah because dragon age one took me a hundred and ten hours to finish wow. and there Forget is no that. way in hell i can get out a timely review for a 100 plus hour game yeah no way i think no i'm way. gonna go the angry joe route on that one and just get it out when i get it out and if my fans are happy with my late review then so be it <laughs> oh yeah well i mean like my stuff is like late by a week or so but i mean at that length i'm looking at like a month or so yeah (laughs) Yeah. anyways um until then though uh keep a keep an eye out on all our stuff Mm -hmm. um and you know elder-geek.com right is is where you're at randy (laughs) elder-geek.com or if you go to youtube you actually spell out eldergeek.com it was a little Uh bit of a poor choice in my my youtube url (laughs) Don't worry, we all we've all been there. Yeah. Sunder Gamer. Super Bunny Hop, aka Bunny Hop Show. <laughs> um anyways, uh feel free to check out our stuff. We all have good stuff planned and uh 
Have a great week on your way there. Please mm-hmm. rate us five stars on iTunes. We would love it a lot. Mm-hmm. And until then, keep talking in the forums and uh, keep staying friendly and happy with one another. We hope to see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye. Bye.